0: From Austin, Texas, two knuckleheads take on the most prestigious collection of classic and contemporary cinema, one movie at a time. This is Ben and Ben
1: and the Criterion.
0: You should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the After
1: tent. all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality. And that's
0: the double truth. Fight number two. When you get to a hundred, wake me but one up. one thing is for sure, they have a coven and they want my baby. Drop me off and brush more, I gotta go get a teacher. Five all. for the man, Sydney? he's trying to take you off the hook. The numbers all go to 11. I want this one moment. And suddenly, you understand everything. Well, hey there, buddy. Hey, hey bud. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Welcome, everyone. To Welcome. Benjamin and the Criterion. Welcome
0: to our podcast where we talk about independent and art house cinema and we talk about everything else in the world we talk about cool people lame people but middle
1: people who are like <laughs> not cool or lame yeah which
0: which is I, most people most people are middle yeah.
1: yeah uh did you ever watch fly the concords
0: mm, kind of
1: there's just this one episode where murray the manager introduces the concept of like he charts all of his friendship on an xy graph where it's like you go from like stranger to acquaintance to colleague to friend and then under stranger is enemy (laughs) but he was like explaining all the different levels he's like strangers which is most people but Mm -hmm. my favorite is at the end they go from friend and they get in a lot of trouble and they get moved back down to stranger (laughs) because it's just a point system (laughs) it's not like so he's like well, I guess I'll see you guys at the meeting we have tomorrow. It'll be weird because we'll be strangers. But uh...
0: <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I. I mean,
1: oh, one other one other thing Hit about it. that. He brings his uh, like I guess assistant in. Mm-hmm. He's like, Greg, do you think of us as friends? He's like, I like to think so, Murray. N- we're not. We're colleagues.
0: <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> so dry yeah so dry yeah. i thought the concords was big when i was in uh middle school and high school and i had a lot of friends When we were when we were we were the same age i'm not that old that's true <laughs> and i had a lot of friends who watched it and i thought they were sophisticated for watching it and i wasn't sophisticated <laughs> i was just like i mean it's like a I mean? musical
1: comedy show it's not
0: like right
1: It's not like they're reading. But you know, when
0: you're like 16, and you're like, "Wow, these people have interests. They have things that they they go to see shows. They've moved
1: from from uh, what's the Disney Channel to the HB. They
0: they moved from That's So Raven to the Colbert Report. They're so worldly. (laughs) They they care about world events. No, that was legitimately my thought process. I was like, "Oh man, these people think about politics." I need to start thinking about politics. Colbert
1: report would be funny if I knew what this whole politics was all about. Yep.
0: I was like, I'm glad he talks in a goofy voice because I can at least <laughs> get I those. Can understand that.
1: <laughs> I can just laugh if I just laugh when everyone else is laughing. They'll think I know politics, dude.
0: That's that was like my life from like age 11 to like 23 <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to last week.
1: Sometimes when I can't hear, because like. My hearing's all right, but a lot of times mm-hmm. in like loud places, I can't hear. Yeah. So I'll just like laugh along to be a
0: part. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I hate to be the guy. Can you speak up? <laughs> Wait, what? What? Why would you say? What? What happened? What? Can you Can you tell the joke again, and we you can did, all laugh together? <laughs> you dropped it to the door? Do you? Oh, the floor. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Wasn't. I dropped to the floor. Oh, God, sometimes. This is fun. We're having fun.
0: <laughs> um. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't care about politics, and I pretend to. I feel like I oh, need to. I do, though. I know you do, and I care more about politics after having lived with you than when I did before.
1: Did you go to any protests or anything this week? I didn't.
0: I didn't go to any of those marches. I had
1: already bought tickets to Doom Metal Goat Yoga, and the other dates were sold out. What is
0: Metal Goat Yoga?
1: Doom Metal oh, Goat Doom Metal? Doom. Like Doom. death. Okay. So we went out to Jester King. You okay. go to this like patch of grass. They release a bunch of baby goats. They play doom metal, and everyone does yoga while the little goats run between
0: the mats and oh come up God. on you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 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 Who was so high when they came up with that idea?
1: Well, so what here is- I- I've tried to place put the history together for us. Please so do. First of all, give me context. The teacher of this class it looks like she hangs out with a lot of metal heads like she's got this crazy hairdo and she talked about how I'm just she, picturing
0: Amy Winehouse
1: <laughs> I think more like so at the top it, her hair was like going in different directions and it was only like this long but then it was a long ponytail like it was okay. punkish okay
0: and she was she, like I did this while I was mad she's like
1: this is a girl mullet and this the, is a gullet <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Anywho, she talked about how she like did her yoga training and it was big on like Gregorian chanting and all that kind of stuff. And she was like, that's a really high barrier to entry for most of the people I know. Yeah. So I wanted to make it more relatable. So I started doing doom metal yoga because all my metalhead pals could be like, oh, I love metal. I'll mm. come stretch while I listen to it. Gotcha. At the same time, goat yoga got big on the internet. There was some other place where they were doing goat yoga. It became a fad. Right. They I, they, I think some other groups started doing it at Austin. And then they were like, wait, we're doing doom metal yoga at Jester King. They've got baby goats. Let's put these together. Ugh. Hail Satan. March. Doom metal goat <laughs> yoga celebration. Everyone come.
0: I equally hate and love that. In the same amount, I would have agreed with
1: you, but then I got to hold baby goats. That's why so I, I love, fully it. love it.
0: That's what I love it. Yeah, I I love it. Okay, so when you're doing yoga. How the fuck are you getting into any mental space where you can relax when death metal is playing?
1: I wasn't trying to relax. I was too focused looking for the goats.
0: Oh, okay. okay. I,
1: the, the metal, honestly, it didn't play as big of a part for me because I was tuning it out. And my eyes were locked <laughs> on which goat is closest to me. How can I get them in my general direction? Also, yeah. making sure I don't step in any goat poop around my mat.
0: Right. So were it, they pooping like on people's mats? And...
1: No, but like this is where they live, so there's just goat poop around a lot of places. That checks out. And there was some great times when, like, a big adult goat would come up to someone's mat and just lay across the middle of it, like, when you're trying to stretch. And it's just like, what do I—this goat just took my mat.
0: Oh, my God. So that is the, one of the most awesome things I've ever heard of death and, metal goat yoga. Because it's like— And then we went to think about King it.
1: right after, too, to make it even more.
0: Because think about it. Like, if—it's like—it's <laughs> like somebody being like, I want people to love me but not love me too much like if you just had yoga with goats every that would be a hit it'd like, be a fucking well, that's, hit see, that's already a hit right that would be a, be a hit. hit yeah but then this person is like i want to make sure that only a certain type of person comes to this thing <laughs> so
1: i but i honestly based on the history of it, i think it was more i love doom metal yoga i've been doing it for years yeah. i'm trying to make my thing more approachable by adding the goats. So instead of taking oh, I the see goats what and saying. adding the metal to make it less approachable, okay. she had been doing doom metal yoga for a long time. And she was and like, she I was need like, to get some Let's more get clientele. Some, get, get a third heat in here, get those goats around <laughs> and this thing could really
0: pick up. I love that, that idea of her being like, all right, I'm going to take a step. To include people, to be more inclusive. I mean, more more inclusive. inclusive. (laughs) Yeah. Now, in the spirit of inclusivity
1: and transparency, I will say it was the most white people nonsense I've ever participated in. 100%. I don't think there was a single person of color. Of course. Katrina said there was, like, an Asian person or two, but I didn't see any people of color the whole time.
0: that doesn't surprise me at all. It. I could see people hearing about that and being like, what is this white people nonsense?
1: Yeah, goat yoga is already white people nonsense. Doom metal is certainly primarily white people. Like, it's Nordic white people nonsense. Uh And
0: you put them together together
1: at a brewery far away from the city, (laughs) it's
0: like... (laughs) It's you doing your own thing. It's white people doing their own thing. There was also a goose for some reason that Mm. was like hanging out. Was it aggressive and pecking people or just chilling?
1: It was just chilling until I think someone tried to pet it, and it was like not
0: having it. Don't fuck with big birds, man. Don't fuck with big birds. Who doesn't
1: know that geese are not friendly?
0: I feel like I've seen so many videos on the internet of people getting pecked to death by big birds.
1: There's also like that whole episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where he kills a goose that attacks him because geese are so mean.
0: Okay, you're telling somebody who's never seen an episode of Curb, but... I'm there, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. You know the classic app we've the, all seen. It's like the most original curb.
1: He murders the goose of his country club owner. Jesus! And gets kicked out of the country club.
0: Okay. Yeah, I love Seinfeld. <laughs> and he created that. That's What's all I got? The
1: deal with geese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I want to go back to that idea of you, of doing your own thing because that's exactly what the movie that we watched for this week is. Yes. Uh, an hour and a half into this podcast, I want y'all to know we're talking about John Cassavetes' A Woman Under the Influence. And you guys, this movie is huge. It is massive. It is widely regarded as one of the most important, earliest independent films in the history of cinema. Um, let me give y'all a little backstory. Uh, so, "Women Under the Influence is the 1974 American drama written and directed by John Cassavetes' Starring his wife, Gina Rollins, and I didn't know that. mm -hmm. And I want to give you. Okay, I'm going to read you some of the background because this movie is insane. Like, okay. So in 1974, what else was coming out? So, The Godfather Part Two. I'll look that up later, but like, for this movie to come out when it came out, it is so incredible what he had to do. So he wrote it um, with his wife. Uh, when when his wife, Gina Rollins, expressed a desire to appear in a play about the difficulties faced by contemporary women. Um, So he wrote it. But when he wrote it, Gina Rollins read it and was like, I don't think I can do this like eight times, you know, like perform it over and over. It's so intense. So he was like, okay, well, I'll just adapt it for the screen. Um, He looked – he tried to get uh, financing, but everyone was like, no. No, and a quote is – no one wants to see a crazy middle-aged dame. <laughs> Great. So you, uh, he always we'll so, so Cassavetes, without getting studio financing, mortgaged his house and borrowed from family and friends, one of whom is Peter Falk, who is uh, Nick in the film, the husband, uh, who liked the screenplay so much he invested $500,000 into the project. Uh, the crew consisted of professionals and students from the American Film Institute, <laughs> where Cassavetes was, the, was serving as the filmmaker-in-residence. Uh, He worked on a limited budget and it forced him to shoot scenes in a real house near Hollywood Boulevard and Gina Rollins was responsible for her own hair and makeup. Wow. Um, Upon the completion of the film, Cassavetes couldn't find a distributor so he personally called theater owners and asked them to run the film. Uh, This basically was the first time in history that an independent film was distributed without the use of a nationwide system of sub-distributors It was booked in art houses, shown on college campuses. Cassavetes and Falk would discuss it with audiences. It was shown at a couple of film festivals. uh, And then it was nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Director and Best Actress.
1: Wow. He, Please tell me he made his money back. Um, at least. Let me see. Because the, the fact that he mortgages his house.
0: So it says the box office he made $6 million. Oh, thank goodness. I think, yeah. So he made his money back.
1: Okay, good. Because yes. he said like he mortgages his house. So he,
0: um, this film was independent cinema at its finest during a time when you didn't do that. When yeah. you go through studios to get financing or you don't make the film. Um, but Cassavetes is the independent filmmaking godfather. He, he's huge. He is who uh people tell you to look at whenever you are if you want to go the independent route you look at Cassavetti's. um for the production but also for the narrative and the style of filmmaking that he does which is insanely empathetic to these characters um this film gina roland's performance in this film is probably the most raw acting performance i've ever seen in cinema um and it was made in 1974 but somehow sh- her performance feels like it could happen today feels like the emotions that she was em- like emitting are timeless because she was like just being a person, you know.
1: Yeah, this was a really interesting movie because a it was about mental illness in the seventies, right? Which on its own is like I wouldn't expect a movie to be about that, right? But there were so many times when people in this movie would like treat her like she was crazy. When I thought if this was an actress in a movie made today, this would just be like manic pixie dream girl. Mm. Like a lot of what she was doing. I could see Zoe
0: Deschanel just doing quirky. in a
1: movie, and it would be fine.
0: Right? Yeah. One of the things that is so interesting about this film is that there's not really a story, although we're kind of used to that.
1: There's kind of. I mean, it's like it's it's her this fallen, woman not quite rise back yeah. from the ashes.
0: Right. Um, but there's no there's no like normal plot. It's basically just the lives of this family in this house over a couple of months. Yeah. Um, and the, the events that happen in the film are so mundane and yet there's so much drama in them there's so much conflict there's so much tension in like every scene even if it's just like yeah. somebody singing or like her standing on a couch
1: or like her saying hey I've been gone for six months and I just got home and I don't want to have a party <laughs> yeah
0: um, so the most important thing that you need to know if you've never seen this movie um as soon as Gina Rollins comes on screen, she is magnetic. Like, every time she is on the screen, I can't look away. And there's a segment where she's not in the film. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to watch it.
1: <laughs> now, I will agree with that for 90% of the time. Although, when her hand was all bloody, I was definitely looking away for a lot of that. Oh, yeah. So I but- forgot
0: the... I forget you were squeamish about stuff like that. No,
1: yeah, I'm not a fan of someone slicing their hand open with a razor blade right. in front of their
0: children. Right. Call me crazy. It's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, one of the so I'm just, I've made a bunch of notes, um, but basically it's just going to be me pointing to moments that are heartbreaking in this movie.
1: <laughs> you mean the movie? The movie, exactly.
0: Although yeah. um, the end was nice. So. At the beginning, Nick says, "Mabel's not crazy; she's unusual." Um, and right away, you understand that this woman is like off, and yet they're they're ordering their life so that they can still function with her in it. You know,
1: yeah. in many ways, she kind of like reminds me of my grandmother, my mom's side, because mm. she's quirky, and I guess in the fifties, you. Well, I don't know. I I could see her like being like, "Ah, screw him." Yeah. Maybe not that, but like <laughs> an equivalent. "Oh, just heck, get him out of here or something." I right. could see Rosie just going buck wild like this and partying all the time. So, in that way, I was just like, "Ah." Oh,
0: right. It's grandma. And like, again, this is another film just like Ratcatcher where it's it's a depiction of like real humanity versus like movie people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, With and,
1: like r- relatable family arguments, or like- or
0: or just like I um. So one thing that happens is, uh, Mabel and Nick are the married couple, and they had planned a special evening. The kids yeah. were going to go to the mom, their mom's house, her mom's house. Uh, they were going to have the night to themselves, and unfortunately, Nick's job the calls him in. He has to stay super late. Uh, a water pipe bursts or something.
1: I was going to say his job. I don't know if this is just like something from the 70s. The job that he had doesn't seem like it's an actual job that one person would have in real life. (laughs) Like, I I feel like the John, it was just, I mean, he's a Hollywood elite, not connected to real America, Mm -hmm. and doesn't know what types of jobs a city contractor would have. He was like, let's
0: put him in like hard hats and construction gear. We're good.
1: Yeah, because at one point it's like the city called and it's my job to go fix this water main and this other piece. He's doing, like, deep mining
0: outside
1: the city. Yeah. Like, those aren't one job. <laughs> those, are, those are done by very different people.
0: It's a, one of the hardest things as a screenwriter is to come up with legitimate jobs that people have. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: what do other people do all day?
0: Um, so the pipe bursts, and Nick has to call uh, Mabel and tell her that he can't come home. And the call is heartbreaking, because she's just sitting there just like, okay... Oh, yeah, I get it. All right. Okay, She's cool. like,
1: just got her kids out. It looked like she was ready to have. She had. Some...
0: She she got some lingerie out of a box. Like she was really excited about this evening, and he's and, he was I guess too, but he just like events.
1: He fought hard not to have to work. out. it wasn't right. like he was just like oh gotta work. Right. He like he yelled. Unfortunately, for a
0: while. unfortunate circumstances, he couldn't get off. So yeah. Um and, she. Drinks a little bit, and then she goes to these bars, um, and drinks a lot. And it's so like so this this sequence is really really raw because what it is is it's showing Mabel when something goes wrong in her life, something that she wanted something and she didn't get it. And more than anything, the what the way that I read it um, was that when you feel unloved, there are the sad things that you do to feel and receive love. Um, that's what I felt that she was doing was she was going to have this amazing night with her husband her husband is gone and I've definitely been into situations like that where I'm like I didn't get something that I wanted so you know I didn't get some affection or intimacy that I wanted so I need to go find it somehow.
1: Well I think it was also like I imagine being a housewife in the 70s to be very lonely cuz you just see kids all day right like she's probably hasn't had a real conversation with an adult in a month right and like this was her, like her one night set aside for having adult conversations and mm. fun and mm. all that and now it was gone so she was like I've got to do something
0: right and so she goes to this bar and she sits down like she sits down next to a guy and it's just like I was just so struck with the reality of her behaviors. I was like, I've been there sister. Like you, when you feel rejected or when you feel empty and you're like, well, I need to do something to not feel this way. You go to a bar, you order a really stiff drink. You're kind of like nihilistically cold to the person that you're trying to seduce. You're just like, I know your name doesn't matter. Whatever. Let's, let's just get, I don't together. even
1: know that she was like trying to seduce him. I think she, she, she was just being a goober. Yeah.
0: And so she gets this huge drink. She downs it. Like, she slugs well, let's it. let's
1: not call it a drink. She got a cup of liquor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a tall glass. Yeah.
1: It's, so if you, if you guys partake, imagine you order a double. So it's like the big cup, you yeah, know? Yeah. You take that. You put in some ice. You, you pour in the liquor. And right before you add the mixer, you just fill that space up with more liquor. And that's what she ordered.
0: Yeah, and uh, the guy that is trying to seduce her, I guess, is like, oh, you're thirsty, you know? And and they cheers, and he takes a sip of his water, it looks like, or maybe some vodka, uh, and gin and tonic. tonic. Yeah, gin and tonic. She almost slugs the entire thing. She, got,
1: she chugs a glass of liquor.
0: And I was just like, again, sister, I feel you. I, I feel you.
1: I don't think I could—I I would have to be so down— in the in a moment to be able to power through that much liquor really? as well as she did. I would Maybe I I'm just
0: down all the time because I was like I've done that a lot. I don't think
1: <laughs> I don't think I have the constitution required to chug liquor anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I that's what I, I mean. I don't I think recently I was like I love beer that. and that's about it.
1: I don't think I could physically chug that much
0: well, liquor. Well, I drink liquor now when I feel like she did, when I'm like I need to stop With no bad. mixer?
1: Just a couple well, of ice and shots.
0: Like, not like not like that in, intensely, but like liquor I drink. I'm like when I feel bad, I drink that. So if you see me just hammer, I mean that's evident. It's like it's so cliche. Like somebody's going really hard. Obviously, I'm just trying to they're say not, I'm they're not. They're best. I would have
1: to have at least a little to, like tonic or something. I can't. She just like she was a champ. And yeah, she I, takes it. She wow. takes it.
0: Uh, but then the liquor starts taking her. And, Real quick. Yeah, she. Gets a ride home from this dude. He takes her home. And uh, she is sloppy. Mm-hmm. She is just falling all over the place. And she... They get inside and, and it becomes evident that she doesn't... She, while she is insanely intoxicated, she does not want to do anything with this guy. Yeah, she
1: starts like beating him with her purse and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and
0: he kind of uh, forces himself on her. And then she wakes up the next morning and he, it's morning and he's still there so yep. it is obvious about
1: well. to make coffee
0: yeah I don't I guess in the 70s you could be a rapist and just stay in the house and pretend like everything's normal
1: I, or maybe he was just banking on the fact that she was so drunk she wouldn't remember, remember
0: right yeah, yeah. horrific um, but there's a lot of horrific interpersonal just thought, experiences like, that happen that's how movie. she
1: likes it I and mean, maybe was just like right because
0: he <laughs> didn't know uh, about Nick yeah um, so he, I guess, he just assumes she's a single lady who likes to likes to in, have fun, likes yeah. to imbibe and cut loose. Um, but quickly, it becomes evident that she is a little off.
1: Very quickly, yes.
0: Um, she, I don't even remember what she does.
1: She keeps calling him Nick and asking him where the kids are. Yeah, yeah, and like she, you know, yeah, yeah, like no, that's
0: right. Um, he splits, and then like real quick uh Nick comes back with all of his coworkers.
1: Yeah, he brings like 15 dudes yeah. in construction. Construction dudes over.
0: hungry and uh this is the first time he's seen her all since he called her. Like he hasn't yeah. seen her yet. So he has just canceled on a romantic evening and to make up for that he brings a bunch of his coworkers and asks her to make Can you cook
1: for 15 guys real <laughs> quick, no heads up? Uh, it's also, it's, we're the all '70s starving.
0: were insane. <laughs> I oh. would never ask anyone to do that. I would never ask anyone to cook for fifteen people. Period. Let alone if I had canceled like a romantic evening evening with them and felt like I owed them something. Ugh,
1: I can't imagine inviting that many people over on short notice. Even if I lived by myself, like yeah, the idea of having an impromptu hangout of sixteen people at my house just is wild to me
0: yeah and it's just not it's just out of my experience uh, but they come over and she's yeah, like I guess
1: I don't work with the boys on the construction <laughs> site all day yeah, so maybe I don't know those bonds
0: be <laughs> there um, and they start making spaghetti and she kind of it feels like she finds a, she's like oh I have a purpose I'm gonna help I'm gonna be needed uh, so she's making this pasta for them or whatever and it's going good you know it's going yeah. great and everyone sits down and they're You know, eating and they slowly start to, you know, start having a good time and chatting and laughing and drinking wine. But the entire time you can see Mabel is like teetering on the edge. Yeah. Like, and it's incredible. This is one of the iconic scenes in this film for Gina Gina Rowland's performances, her performance, because it's like, you know, like she's about to slip and like make some mistake. And you can see it in her face every second.
1: Her eyes are just
0: like darting from
1: place to place. Yeah. Excited, and you know.
0: she does these small little missteps. Like she only asks the names of the black coworkers. Um, there are like three black coworkers and she only is like, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Um, but I, I didn't know if that was because like
1: shortly after that, doesn't she point at like the white guys? And be like, oh, I know you, Eddie. Right, right. I kind of took that to mean that it was the first time Shit that the black had people had been invited to their house. Maybe, but that could have been me just Maybe. assuming it's the '70s, so everyone's got to be racist. I was
0: wondering. People. I was wondering about that too. I was wondering what the like the temperature of the pol- of the racial politics in the '70s were. Probably in, not great, <laughs> in the, in, you know, like a Hollywood, in a California house, in a Beverly Hills house. I
1: guess, but is it, does this take place in Beverly Hills? Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, you can see it on the bus. The, oh yeah, the school bus says Beverly Hills.
1: I guess I just didn't think about it because, like, I don't think about... When I think Beverly Hills, I don't think the construction worker community.
0: But there is. There's got to be one.
1: Someone's got to build stuff. Yeah. Someone has to do work there.
0: <laughs> um, and so she slowly, you know, is making little missteps. But it's not bad. You know, she it's going great. And they all loosen up. They're eating their spaghetti, like... Uh, At one point, like one of the guys starts singing, and then another one starts another guy starts singing. Totally upstage upstages upstages him. And like, this dude was obviously trained, he he was incredible. And Mabel, like, loses it. (laughs) She, like, so
1: she stands up and walks next to him, and then leans her face like within six inches of his face the whole time he's singing. As though she can't believe that such a
0: beautiful thing was coming out of this person's face.
1: Just, so like imagine you're at a party, you're all sitting around a table, one person singing. Someone gets up, walks all the way around the table, and then just puts their face six inches from their face for like a minute. <laughs> it's also, it's, it's it's also the one person there who knows everyone the least. Yes,
0: it is so uncomfortable. It is so cringe-worthy. It's
1: it's someone's plus one. Like not even one of the
0: group. Like take the most awkward the office has ever made you feel and amplify it by like 4 that's what this moment is yes. this 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 movie was doing cringe comedy before any decades before and i think they
1: overshot the comedy yeah
0: it 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 goes past comedy into just straight up like uncomfortable what's what's the dramatic version of comedy of errors or what i don't know anyway um it's just so uncomfortable and Nick is like, all right, Nabel, we'll go sit down, you know. And then she she, she walks she,
1: to the guy next to her. She him. walks to
0: the other, like, one of the other black coworkers, and is like, look at this face. Look at these muscles. Look at this He's boy. so handsome. And then, <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Nick's just like, sit your ass down. Well, so she she also is like, like yeah.
1: for like a minute, come on, dance, dance, mm-hmm. dance. And oh, then, like, that's The right. guy looks real uncomfortable, right. and I think that's what made Nick. Yeah, the guy was really uncomfortable, and
0: w- there's so much going on in this scene, and we could talk about this 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 scene for the hour. But one of the important things is that um, the whole time when it's going well, we get these close ups of Mabel and Nick, and they're connecting. You see them looking at each other. You see him like wink at her. You see her smiling, and like you're like, oh, you get this intimacy between them in the middle of this, you know, get this uh, this event. And so, when Nick screams, get like, get your ass down, it's such a betrayal. She looks so hurt. She's so hurt. And so, she sits down, and then uh, Nick's mom calls, and he goes and takes the call, and everyone just kind of leaves. Yeah. And that that's kind of what this film does in every scene. It takes, like, a normal situation, makes it weird, and then watches it as it falls apart. Um. And so everybody leaves and then it's just it's just Mabel and Nick and she just uh, she just says at one point they're sitting at the table and she's just like tell me how you want me to be. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking, man. It's just a, because you we understand that Mabel knows that she's a little bit weird, whether it's from her own observation, but most likely it's from other people telling her, "Hey, you're weird. You're a wacko." <laughs> And so she has that rolling around in the back of her brain, and so when she ma- makes a, soci- a social faux pas, it really hurts her, and she's just like, I- I'll do whatever, I'll be who you need me to be. Just tell me, and I'll do that, because I want to love you, and I want you to, be- you-, you to love me, and so just tell me what to do. It's so heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, man. And so, and Nick is just like, you didn't do anything wrong, which is like gaslighting a little bit, but like... He's, like, trying to comfort her. He's like, no, you're fine. It's okay. Um, well, I thought... What, he
1: wasn't really saying, like, you did nothing wrong. He was saying, like, the reason I was, he was so upset like, he was, is because it was making him so uncomfortable. Like, I think what he was saying is, like, if you guys have, like, known each other better, like, that right. could have been an okay interaction, but right. because you guys don't know each other, you was so uncomfortable. Like, right. that's what the problem
0: was. And that's this that's like essentially what the drama in this film comes from which is just like the delicacy of social interaction and how this is i felt crazy watching this because i was like if you i was i was blessed to for whatever reason be able to understand social cues you know and like that kind of came naturally you know but if, if that doesn't come naturally for you and you don't see those, life must be fucking hard. Yeah, because
1: so much of, like, communication is those delicate social cues. Right. So, like, you're missing out on a lot.
0: Yeah, and Mabel can't find those cues. She can't see them. Yeah. Or she reads them wrong. And so life... Like, a little bit of both. Yeah, and life is just so hard for her. Um, yeah, it's really intense. Let me see what, what another note... I had was, um, oh, Well, I just said, the, the, the identity of the film is, I kind of mentioned this before, but like when scenes flip. So when they're eating spaghetti, she raises a toast. It's great. It's a good toast. Everyone's having a good time. If the scene would have ended there, this would be a completely different movie. But this film is concerned with what happens. When things when stop it, being good. Exactly. Um, um, which I guess this is the nature of... And like, drama
1: it seems like you're watching every scene as it almost as like whatever's happening around her is just the whole scene is her being pushed into a corner and then reacting poorly right. every time right and everything falling apart
0: yeah um so a lot goes on after this it gets really intense let's go to intermission uh and yeah. uh and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more about this incredible film
1: Margaret,
0: please. Now Others go upstairs. Alright, y'all. Welcome back. Um, we got more Woman Under the Influence for you because I have a lot to say. because okay. this, this is right when the film gets crazy. Um, so... Uh I don't even remember how we get to the moment where uh the doctor comes over. Um it's just that it's the continuation of that day, right?
1: No, it's when that other guy brings his kids over. That's and they have like the That's the right. playdate from hell.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. So, um we we see Mabel uh she's her kids go off to school. Nick goes off to work. She gets antsy. She goes and like runs like the like a crazy person. To hang at the bus stop. Yeah, she yeah. she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. And she brings her kids home, and this guy brings over his kids for a play date. And he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna drop them off, and I'm gonna leave. I've
1: got some stuff to do." And
0: she's like, "No, you come, and we're gonna have a party. So we're they, gonna have fun. They, I'm
1: they, stealing your keys right now. Stealing. Oh, did she take his keys? I think so. I missed that." Because I think – I didn't see her do it, but then later he's like, can I have the key It would make now? sense. That would make sense why he stayed.
0: Yeah. Um, so they go out into the back, and they were, what plays uh, – like Swan this, Lake? Yeah. Swan Lake plays on the radio, and she's just like, all right, everyone run around and dance. And
1: and then pretend to die at the end of the song. Pretend like to the, die, and there's ballet. balloons.
0: And it's like the kids are having fun. The The guy's like, this is kind of weird, but okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then Mabel's like, all right, everyone go get costumes. Ladies, go get into clothes. Guys, go get into pirate gear or whatever. And it kind of, as you can imagine, goes off the rails. Yeah. Um, these kids like start getting into these costumes, but then don't. And like one of the kids like is just running around naked, which I've gathered. I've never been a parent, but I've gathered that if your kid is running around naked, that's just a sign that you're not doing your job. At least in that moment, other people are like, "Oh, why is your kid naked?" It's like, let him be him. Yeah. Um, and don't yuck his yums. Just yeah. let him go. <laughs> but the uh, the other dad is getting growing increasingly uncomfortable.
1: He's like, "I'm not really comfortable leaving my kids here." And he says,
0: "He, he says, uh, you've been acting strange. Do you realize that? Are, are like, are you aware of that? Are you aware?" And it's just like, and like. Up until she's this like, point, we know that she's crazy. We know that she's that social cues are so important to her, so for him to say that, it was just crushing.
1: Also, like she thought this was going so well. <sighs> yeah. Like she's on the phone, like, with her with her husband, like the kids are having a blast. Mm-hmm. This guy was being a real curmudgeon at first, but like like now he's dancing and having fun. I totally nailed the situation. Just
0: like the empathy that is created in this scene is so tough because it's like She's trying to be a good parent, and she's doing the best that she can, and she just can't. And Nick comes home with his mom, and he's like, "What is happening?" He sees a naked girl, a naked little naked girl children? running around. Who is this dude? The the other uh, father is like trying to get his kids, and it just goes off the rails. And then uh, Nick just smacks Mabel yep. because this is the seventies, and that's something that you can do.
1: Yeah, a, a few times in the film.
0: Yeah, apparently. Um, so those kids leave and then this is when we get to the doctor um, it's a little bit later um, yeah. and this is probably the most iconic scene in the film uh, it's Mabel, Nick, Nick's mom and this uh, doctor, doctor comes over and they're in the living room and um, basically what's happening is Mabel is like a cornered animal like, a, like an animal that is about to be attacked is about to lash out um and you see it in her face and they're trying to get her to calm down and they're also trying to get her to calm down so that they can then commit her to uh, a mental hospital
1: yeah and they don't do a great job because they don't stay calm themselves at all nick blows up in three different ways and changes his mind back and forth Mm -hmm. throughout the scene and it is a it is a mess.
0: The whole scene, it's probably, I don't know, I would assume maybe 10, 15 minutes long. It is, the whole thing is volatile. It is just explosive. And Nick's mom at one point is just screaming. Everyone's um, screaming. She's like putting up the crucifix sign with her hand.
1: Towards the doctor, I'll like, stay back.
0: Right. And the whole time I kept thinking, well, I, I thought a lot, so we'll, we'll get into it. One of the things I thought was... How scarring this must have been for the kids who were upstairs to hear all of this happening.
1: Just hear like a bunch of screaming, and then right. later, like yeah, 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 yeah. They get in the thick of it.
0: Yeah. Um, so I kept thinking about that. Um, just from the construction of this scene, it's it's gorgeous the way that it looks. It's just like an overhead light. They do several times they switch it up, and I think they they change the shutter speed, and it it gives it this like kind of like staccato like shaky uh action scene type movement feel and it's just gorgeous um but it's just close ups it's just close ups of faces and it's just watching behavior and you're it's riveting even though like it's just people in a room yelling at each other yeah you know it really feels like something horrible could go wrong and they're just four people in Beverly Hills in a house um it's really... It's really... It's tough to watch. It's really intense. Um, but it's also... It's also incredible when you think, Oh, these are all actors. This is not really happening.
1: Which is crazy because, like, everyone is at full speed, full volume, and it seems mm-hmm. like a tenuous situation.
0: And... uh In this scene, I wrote down you experience the emotional whiplash that the characters go through. So Mabel goes through these swings of emotion of like everything's great to, oh no, oh no, you know. And we as an audience feel that, which is an incredible thing that's communicated through like picture and sound in 1974 to 2018. You know Um, that we can go on this like emotional journey with these characters. Um, Let's see dancing by herself oh this was I, I made a note um, one of the uh, before, before this exorcism scene um, when she's in the backyard before everything goes to shit while the kids are kind of getting ready in their costumes she goes out, out back and she's like dancing by herself she's just kind of like got her hands in the air Doing spinning the around dancing. and it's just like this woman feels so much and that's what the that's where the drama and the conflict and the story come from. Because she has so many emotions that she can't handle. And they just bowl her over. And she's ill-equipped in herself and in her like immediate community to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And like I'm sure mental health in mental health help in, in the seventies was not where it needed to be and so we get you know everyone's screaming and <laughs> screaming at each other and uh and then eventually they give her that sedative right do they get it into her yeah, yeah. and uh oh she delivers this line at the beginning of it um uh, it's like so the nuances of this exorcism scene I, I, that's what i just refer to it as um she says he's like uh, He's like, have you been feeling sick or something? Or like, do you, have you been taking pills or something? And she goes, she tries to deliver a joke, and it's like inappropriate and no one laughs. She goes, I got the hiccups a little while ago, but I got rid of them. <laughs> and she says that, and it's like, oh, that's something you would say to lighten the mood. But no one's mood is being lightened, and it just it just falls with a thud, and you can just feel it. Ugh, it's okay. so <laughs> cute it was such a good
1: she's like oh we don't need a doctor here hiccups are taken care of yeah here we go
0: um so after that scene i think it does it say six months
1: later well first uh he goes back to work and has like the day where he's yelling at everyone like don't keep your keep your ears out of my business right like i don't ask me about my wife and he I didn't see exactly what happens but it seems like he somehow causes a guy to fall, fall down something. Yeah. I don't fall know how emba- he did an that embankment.
0: Yeah. Honestly, after the after the doctor scene, <laughs> it's like it's like 30 45 minutes of uh of Nick and his kids and I'm just like I don't care. <laughs> 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 it's not about you. It's about Mabel and I want like, you, know, you are all
1: side characters why are you taking kind up of the screen
0: yeah and so uh, he he. somebody falls down they you know try to help him or whatever and six months goes by
1: yep which whew
0: yeah it's a long time six months is a long time for your mom to be away for a mother to be away from her kids for a, a wife to be away from her husband Jesus um And so we see them, uh, Nick takes his kids to the beach with a friend and it's like, it's like a cold, it seems like it's like a cold, maybe not cold, but like a winter day. It's like kind of overcast. It's not like beach weather. It's not a beach day. And they go anyways and uh, they ride around in the back of this truck and he lets his kid drink beers, which was really sweet. Yeah. I mean, it was a sip. It was a sip. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean they that one kid just what? slugs. One kid takes a few six. <laughs> but I mean
1: it was the seventies, the beer was probably like three percent. For was, sure. It was mostly water. For sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah, so they uh they go to the beach. I think he works some more. He like talks to a coworker. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. It's not really important. What's important is that uh six months later, Mabel's coming home.
1: Yes. And so, your wife's been gone for six months. She's been getting intensive mental health care treatment. Hasn't seen her kids. Hasn't seen her husband. So, you know what you'd do? Throw a 60-person party. you invite party. 60 of her <laughs> not-closest friends, many of whom have never met her. And you bring them all over. Everyone get dressed up. Let's have a surprise party Ugh. waiting for her.
0: Ugh. I. Here's the deal. I related to Nick so much. In the idea of wanting to do something nice, but doing the wrong thing.
1: And then realizing, like, minutes (laughs) before it's about to happen that I made a terrible mistake. Before you
0: do that, before we talk about that, we need to talk about this party. So he invites all these people over, and he's walking through the house. And, like, I don't know if it was just the 70s or if it was California or what, but, like, at one point he, like, makes out with this woman. And I know it's, like, supposed to be friendly, but, like... I was like, "What the fuck?" It, someone's wife
1: comes up and says, "Nice to meet you," and just like kisses them real hard.
0: It's like a good like seven second makeout on the lips.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they made out. I don't see any. I didn't see any tongues, but like yeah. it was, it was a long smooch.
0: Yeah, and then at one point he talks to a woman who like it kind of is implied that they had had an affair, Um and the woman is also like, um "Mabel's a piece of shit." <laughs> And she's so smug, and the dude's like, okay, hold on, wait a minute. Why are you here? Why are you—why is every? oh no. And he, like, goes outside, and—, and
1: he really, I like, He's like, why are you here? You told me to come. Yeah, yeah she's like, you invited
0: me. <laughs> and he realizes that this is a horrible idea. Yeah. In the rain, outside.
1: And his mom had, like, been like, what— is this? I thought we were just having a family only party. Right. This is wild.
0: And he's like, "No, you know what? No, everybody out, everybody." Out. Uh, well, he,
1: no, he's like, "I can't tell these people to leave. Right. Can you kick them out
0: for me?" <laughs> she's like, "I'll do it." And then he's like, "Do you want me to do it?" And she's like, "No, like, what are you? Ta- okay, oh, I'll do it. It's fine." So she kicks everybody. They kick everybody out, everyone's understanding. They're like, "Yeah, this was weird. <laughs> yeah, this is
1: probably not like the best time for a party, huh? <laughs> I should have known that before I came."
0: Right. So everyone leaves, and then. Uh, It gets down to like immediate family almost, and a couple friends.
1: Well, as everyone's streaming out, that's when the car pulls up, and she sees all these people leaving her house. The
0: worst timing. The worst
1: timing. I I, I would actually posit that ten minutes earlier would have been worse because then all those people would still have been in her house when she got
0: there. You're right. Um, So, yeah, the car's coming up, and everyone's like,
1: Hi, Mabel. Yeah, and then one person comes up to her, like to to the point I made earlier, someone comes to her, Hi, I don't really know you, Mabel, but, you know, I'm so-and-so's husband, but I just wanted to say, wish you well, and I'll see you later.
0: (laughs) Somebody who, like, social cues and, like, social faux pas are, like, really staggering to my mental psyche, like, this whole movie is a fucking... (laughs) (laughs) Work out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Mabel. So Mabel comes in, and it's like, and everyone is like watching. Everyone's like, "Yay, Mabel!" Hey, hey, hey and there. everyone's just like watching her. Which, like, it's so—it's such a horrible situation. Like, everyone, go away. Let her like be there with her family. Don't like come and then just like be like, "Are you okay? Are is you there okay?"
1: popcorn I could munch on while Are you okay? I okay?
0: Um, so they're there and they're sitting and everyone's like trying to pretend like everything's okay. Like It was a nightmare. I was watching this and I was like, I fucking hate this <laughs> because it's ugh, it's so bad. It's so tough. And so, I don't know. Anyway, uh, she like sits on her dad's lap for a while, which was weird. Like, well, she... she
1: sat on the, because her dad was like upset and she's like, come on, sit down, sit down. I'll sit next to you. And she, she... just sits on him. And... Well, she was sitting on like the, the armchair. basically. Yeah. She wasn't like on his lap.
0: And uh, and then he gets uncomfortable. He's like, "Go talk to your mom." And like, you can tell. So when she comes back, it's almost as though she she's like someone who's had a lobotomy. She's like, like for the beginning, she's just neutral. She's just neuter. She's just like quiet. She's just quiet, and the exact opposite of the Mabel that we have grown to know over the past hour and a half. Um, but it kind of, she kind of gets rattled when she goes and sees her kids. Her kids are like, we love you mom and hugging her. And she's just like, okay, this is too much.
1: But then also like, it wasn't just that there was that one point where she was sitting down and she says to her daughter, Oh, do you want to come sit with me? And her daughter's like, do you want me to? And then finally she's like, I want you to come if you want to. And her daughter's like, oh, then I'll just stay here. I know. And I was, and like, I was like,
0: fuck. Oh. I was like, the daughter is just young enough not to understand how much that's going to hurt her mom. How <laughs> <laughs> like, awful that is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then so Mabel goes back out. And then they're like, all right, we're going to have a party. You know, everyone, let's, let's have, have, have a dinner. party. Have a good time. And so they all go into the kitchen. Or they go into the dining room, and it's like awkward and stifled uh, at w- but before that, Nick pulls Mabel into the hallway and he's like, just be yourself. Just yeah. be who you are. Which, Come on, where's that? Which, Come on. Like, I understand why he's doing that, but essentially what he's saying is like, let's undo the six months of work that you've yeah. done. <laughs> I want the crazy manic girl that I love.
1: Screw these people. I want the, the old wild times back
0: in full force. It was it was deeply unsettling to watch him just try to like deconstruct all of the progress she had made. Yeah. Um so they get to the, the they're in the dining room and uh and then Mabel goes into the kitchen. And she just Oh yeah. She just can't resist a juicy booty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who who was this woman? I think her name was, was Tina. About? But like who what is her is she like her sister or like a sister-in-law? Like, I, I don't, don't know, know what her relationship I don't is. know the
0: relationship, but from the kitchen, so we're in the dining room, we're seeing everybody except for Mabel and like two people in the kitchen. Yep. And we hear Mabel be like, Oh my god, look. Gina, you've gotten so fat! Look at that fat ass. Did everyone see that fat ass? Well, before she talks about ass, she's just like, You've
1: gotten so fat. Did you put on 10, 20 pounds? I,
0: yeah, look at that ass. <laughs> And they come into the dining room, and everyone's like, "Mabel, stop!" And then Tina's like, "It's okay. I do have a fat ass." <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's like, "I love
0: having curves. Get at me." Um, and then the we see that Mabel just like even after six months of work just does not have it because well, she also
1: like very understandably is like I don't want to have a party right now and is trying right she's like I don't have like... a
0: party and but the way that she communicates that again is a social faux pas she's like me and my husband would like to lie together <laughs> <laughs> we to sleep me together. and Nick would like to go to sleep together and was like watch your language and I was like what did she say oh okay <laughs> she didn't say that
1: we're gonna go bang yeah like, I guess
0: that's how you said it in the 70s I guess But, yeah, she keeps repeating, like, Nick and I would like to go sleep together. And everyone's (laughs) like, there are children present. She's like, "Eh." "And so, Well, regardless, I would like you to leave. No, no, we're we're having a party. It'll be
1: great. This is going so
0: well. (laughs) And uh, I don't remember what makes everyone leave.
1: Well, so first she, like, tries to do it another tactful way where she's like, dad can you just stand up and mom can you just stand up too and oh then, that's right
0: because Nick is asking her he's like be yourself what are you doing like be yourself and she's like dad can you stand up for me can you stand and up and mom
1: could you stand and he up? stands up and and then he's like what what is this what's the meaning of this and his mom's like do not,
0: do not get it get it like and Nick. he's like i will sit back down <laughs> yeah I forgot about that and she was just kind of crying for help a little bit yep uh, but then how, did, how does everyone get out of the house? Uh,
1: I, I mean, I think it just gets so uncomfortable that eventually everyone's like, all right, yeah, this geez. is a horrible idea.
0: So they all leave. And uh, and I don't remember how she gets up on the couch, but she's on the couch. Mabel uh, gets- and that's
1: part of why everyone left is because she was on the couch dancing. Yeah. And then everyone came and saw and they were like, all right. Everyone's like,
0: oh, boy. She's broken. We
1: pushed her way
0: too far. So they well, all leave.
1: See ya later.
0: And Nick is like, "Get down there! Or I'm gonna smack you down. I'll pull you down." Yeah, uh, and he does. He hits her off the couch, real good. Yeah, he, right in the face. He just gives her, yeah, a good old smacking, uh, a good old '70s smackdown. Because <laughs> that's what. Because domestic violence was just. Common in the 70s, I guess.
1: And then when the kids are upset, he says, She's just resting.
0: Yeah. And she, she, well, of course, but she like agrees with them. She's like, Yeah, I'm just resting.
1: But like, that story doesn't work when I see you do the, like, as, as a child, I saw dad punch mom just right in the face. Right. So, like, that excuse doesn't really work. I wonder if it.
0: you're remapping your brain, if you're like, okay, mom has to get into a restful state. And in t- order to do that, dad has to punch her.
1: Okay. And she made him do it.
0: Yeah. And so at this point, we get the kind of like the climactic. Well, it's not even that climactic because it's not even the most intense thing that happens in the film. It's just the next thing that happens in their lives, which is uh, chaos happens. The kids yeah. start running around. Nick is trying to put them to bed, but they want their mom.
1: The mom grabs a razor. She grabs a,
0: a razor and Just, is trying to cut her wrist, I guess, or her hand.
1: Well, it's not that she tries to cut her hand; it's that
0: like she grips it so hard.
1: Yeah, he's like trying to shake it out of her hand, so she closes her hand. So I don't know if she was what yeah. she was trying to slice, but she, yeah, she, she did some slicing her on herself. Yeah.
0: And the kids go up into bed, and they're like, "We want mom!" And so, with like a bloody hand, she goes. She goes like, up and tucks them, in. them into bed, and we again this i feel like this is probably one of the best ways to understand casavetti's and w- the work that he does you go from this extreme moment of like emotional volatility to this like beautifully intimate moment there's kind of like
1: you, you kind of see the like how the kids bring her back down into like the situation cools down and right. you can luckily end on a happy note
0: right ish ish
1: well yeah good point It gets Sad here in a second.
0: Yeah, so they tuck the kids in and then uh, Mabel and Nick go downstairs and she asks him, she's like, Do you love me? And he's like, Let's go clean up downstairs.
1: Or it was, Do you still love me? Yeah. And he like laughs it off. Like, so he la- the, the way that he laughs,
0: he's just like <laughs> You're like you're like you're like, Oh, he's chuckling because he's like he it's so funny to him that she would think that he doesn't love her. You know, of course he's gonna say, I love you and he's just like <laughs> let's go, go downstairs <laughs> and you're just like oh, oh. no um, so they go clean up downstairs and as they're cleaning up there's kind of turn my phone off oh, uh, <laughs> as they're cleaning up uh, there's a little bit of a spark that happens between them and they you know just start cleaning up the dining room
1: yeah but it's still a sad it's very sad bit it's very
0: sad um. yeah it's it is such a it is such an incredible piece of film because it it like it feels like you're watching real people you know like all every moment feels real Um, yeah. most most moments in film feel constructed in some ways but this just kind of feels like we pulled back a layer and we just saw people's lives
1: and like some very stressful pieces of them. Yeah.
0: Um, It's an incredible, incredible piece of work. Um, And, yeah. And
1: thank Steve Buscemi for recommending it to me. Steve,
0: thank you. Come on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I really, I I was really glad with this pick. And, like, again, after watching it, I was... It's so... Challenging and yet rewarding, um, which if you're looking, if you're looking for just like a, a something to entertain, maybe maybe then stay for, away.
1: Uh, to be fair, if you're looking for something to entertain, we've maybe
0: watched one movie
1: that you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's maybe one in the well, Bottle Rocket, I guess. It's Bottle Rocket,
0: something. yeah, uh, 120 so, days of Sodom. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: we've we've been doing this podcast for almost a year, and we've done two. That you could watch for fun. Yeah,
0: this isn't your. We are the lighthearted part of this. Yeah. The, the films themselves.
1: collection is not a very happy go lucky. Criterion collection.
0: collection emphasis on cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: why I call our fans crybabies.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so next week, what we're gonna do. So I, I had right. several films that I wanted to do. Okay. I only have time for one. There was one that I was thinking about, but I was like, "Eh, I have these other ones. However, I found out that today is uh, David Lean's birthday. He's a director. We've seen one of his films already. It was Catherine Hepburn's Summertime. Oh, okay. Um, And when I realized that it was his birthday today, I was like, well, I got to go with the one that I was thinking that was made by him. And it is the original Before Sunrise. It is called Brief Encounter. Um, It is the story of these two people who meet and they spend one night together uh, walking around. I don't remember what city it is. Um, And they fall in love. And it's black and white. I think it's from like 1945. Um, But it's like a sweet, melodramatic uh, little film. And... Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So if I've
1: seen Before Sunrise, like, do I need to watch this? Can I just bring my notes from Before Sunrise? <laughs> well, here's the
0: deal. This was – do you remember, like, in the past when I was like, I I don't necessarily want to force your hand, but I might have to? This is the beginning of that because I want to go brief encounter before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. However, oh, those could be my no. choices. You can continue doing whatever you want to do. Um but that's that was my train of thought. Yeah, I definitely
1: want to break it up because I don't want to do before before sunrise, then before sunrise, yeah. one after the other. That
0: might be what I'm doing. That might be. I'm
1: gonna call this movie forever. It's to me this before before sunrise.
0: Before before sunrise. <laughs> this is what this movie is to me. Nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's it. Uh, come back next week for brief encounter. It's on FilmStruck. So if you have a subscription oh. to that, you can watch it. Um, And if not, uh, good luck finding it.
1: Like most of the times we've watched a movie on the podcast.
0: Um, All right, y'all. Have a good week. uh, Roll credits. Roll credits.